Hello, my name is Patricia and this is the Poetry P podcast, a podcast all about Japanese short form poetry written in the English language. In today's podcast, I want to finish talking to you about illusion in poetry by discussing Honsetsu. Depending on what you choose to write for the first topic of 2024, you might need to use this technique for your submission, but more of that in a minute. At the end of the podcast, I'll give you some clear instructions for this particular topic. The team and I really hate rejecting work. It hurts us too, honest. So please listen to the whole thing to find out exactly what we'll be looking for. And hopefully because it's interesting. But before I discuss Honzetsu, there are a couple of things to tell you. You might remember last time I said I'd also talk about Mitake. Well, I thought the better of it. There'll be enough to think about without adding more to, to the mix. It might be better to work with Mitake when we next look at ekphrastic poetry. And if you're not sure what that means, we have covered it at P Towers before, and you can go and find it in episode 24 of the second series. And there'll be a link in the show notes because it's not that easy to find from the website. I think I also said I'd be reading the Poetry P nominations for the Touchstone Awards this month. But you know what? I forgot that Christmas Day lands on a Monday. And to be honest, I'm going to be hard at work in the kitchen as number one dog's body to my son, who is the chief Christmas chef in our family. So I suppose in one way, I did do something right as a mum, didn't I? So I'll read these magnificent pieces as the first podcast of 2024. What a nice way to start the year. We can take a deep breath and relax after all the excitement of the holiday season. So the next podcast, the one with lots of your stupendously good haiku and senryu on the topic of Zoka, will be the last one of 2023. I know. Where has that year gone? Thank you for being with me throughout the year and supporting the podcast. This was an amazing year, one in which we motored along and confirmed our place as the number one English language short form podcast, due in no small measure to all the help you give me. Thank you. So I'm going to ask a favour of you. Do you think you could do three more things before the year is out? Could you recommend our podcast to a poet friend? Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll leave some instructions for the major podcast platforms, you know, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube in the show notes. Other platforms are, of course, available. And if you use other platforms, well, hopefully because you're listening to us, you found us there. Last but not least, could you use your social media platforms you know, Facebook, Instagram, X, to let poets know that we exist. I could really do with some help from you in the social media area. I find it absolutely exhausting. Thank you. So on with Onsetsu. What is it and why should we bother using it? Honsetsu is another form of elusive variation. And if you remember last week, we looked at Honkadori elusive variation of a foundation poem. Well, Honzetsu is elusive variation on a scene from a tale or other prose work. 
Like Honkadori, there is a long tradition of Honsetsu in Japanese poetry. And Carter gives us this example. Voices weary from lamenting, crickets at the end of day. In sad autumn, who is it that would be off to a mountain home? Voices weary from lamenting, crickets at the end of day. In sad autumn, who is it that would be off to a mountain home? And that's by Niho Yoshimoto, written in the 14th century, which alludes apparently to a scene from the tales of Genji, which was written in the 11th century. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, it's on my bookshelf, but has yet to be read. If you've read it, perhaps you'd like to tell me about it. As I discovered when re researching this form of illusion, it was used more in waka and renga than haiku, and you can find it frequently mentioned as a technique in the writing of no plays. Nonetheless, this is a form of illusion that the English language poets have taken to heart, and today I'm going to read you a number of them. Shall we think of this as a bit of a quiz? I'll read the poetry to you, and you can guess what they allude to. Answers will be in the show notes in a downloadable file, and so will the instructions for this topic. So let's crack on with some contemporary poetry. Bedtime Stories Seeing the Emerald City for the First Time Bedtime Stories Seeing the Emerald City for the First Time Joshua Gage Trojan Horse I wait for the signal to spill my secret Trojan Horse I wait for the signal to spill my secret. Cynthia Anderson Painting the roses black, her goth phase. Painting the roses black, her goth phase. Kimberly Kucha Cancer on Remission, The Road from La Mancha. Cancer on Remission, The Road from La Mancha. Bona M. Santos. Heat Wave, A Turn Flies Too Close to the Sun. Heat Wave, A Turn Flies Too Close to the Sun. Marielle Herbert. And to finish the quiz, two poems from the editing team, which have used the same foundation story and arrived at two very different poems. Dementors. The way they say I am just a housewife. Dementors. The way they say I am just a housewife. Vandana Perishar. And this from Liam Maguire. Eleventh birthday. 
he checks again for owl post. Eleventh birthday, he checks again for owl post. Liam Maguire. That's it for the quiz. You can email me and tell me how many you got right. But fear not, I have one last poem for you. I'm going to conclude the examples with this scenario from Rowan Beckett, referring back to a character in a book that I absolutely love, Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Milne. Still friends after all these years, plush piglet. Still friends after all these years, plush piglet. I should say that you can see all the publication citations in the downloadable file. In the introduction to the book, A.A. A. Milne says, Pooh is the favourite, of course, there's no denying it, but Piglet comes in for a good many things which Pooh misses, because you can't take Pooh to school without everybody knowing it. But Piglet is so small that he slips into a pocket where it's very comforting to feel him when you're not quite sure whether twice seven is twelve or twenty-two. What do you think? Shouldn't every child have a plush piglet? Now, even if you haven't read the introduction to the book, surely the Honzetsu, the foundation prose piece, is obvious. Rowan has made it clear that we're not talking about a real piglet. I really don't think you could describe one as plush, could you? No, plush guides us in the direction of a soft toy. And when one thinks of a soft toy called piglet, well, where else can you go but Winnie the Pooh? Now, I hope you've enjoyed these examples and are inspired to write for our illusion topic in January. The reading period is the 1st to the 15th. So, what would the editing team like to see from you for the Honkadori and Honzetsu topic? Well, the first thing to say to you is that we're looking for haikai poems, unorthodox poems, haiku or senryu, doesn't matter, poems which are fresh and unique and which exhibit some or all of the following. Humour, lightness of touch, parody even, contemporary language, an unusual perspective, and an element of wordplay. We definitely want you to write haiku or senryu with a contemporary feel. So if you want to write about the following or in the following styles, please do. Urban life, science fiction, horror, or speculative poetry in the round. Whatever style suits you within the criteria we specify in our submissions criteria, get on and write for us. We don't mind. What we do ask is that the illusion is clear. You're writing for other people to read your work. So when you're creating your fresh new poem with a new, unique perspective, don't be too obscure. You want your reader to understand and to have some sort of emotional connection to your poem. And I have mentioned this before, but be careful you do not allude so closely that you cross the boundary into plagiarism. 
I'm going to give you a range of options to choose from as your foundation piece. You can choose from poetry, prose, or you can mix it up a bit. I'll tell you what they are in a minute, but of course, you will be able to see the list in the show notes. There is a reason I'm limiting your choices, and that's because I don't really want to have to use footnotes to explain where the illusion has come from. It makes life a little bit difficult in terms of editing. And you know what? You are a very well-read bunch, and I don't want to insult you. So have a look through the choices and see what inspires you. I've chosen a few poems for your foundation poem pieces. Shall we hear them? Twenty Years Hence by Jibanananda Das. I sincerely hope I've said that right. And it's translated from the Bengali by Clinton B. Seeley. If twenty years from now I should meet her again, again twenty years hence, perhaps beside a clump of paddy stalks in late October, as the evening crows head home, as the tawny river softens in amongst reeds and grasses, through fields. Or perhaps there is no longer paddy standing in fields, no more hustle, no more hurry, chaff is blowing, strewn about from duck nests, from nests of birds. Night, cold, moisture from dew collecting in the homes of Munya birds. Twenty, twenty long years from now, when our lives will have been spent. If then most unexpectedly, upon a path through the field we again should meet. It might be that the moon has come at midnight, hovering behind a spray of leaves, thin dark branches of the shirish or the jam, the jai, the mango, veiling her lunar face. After twenty years, and I've forgotten you. Our lives will have passed full twenty years, and then, once more, if we should see each other, then perhaps an owl alights and toddles upon the field, and then, through the alleys shaped by babla branches, through the windows formed by the Ashvatha, she flies, hides herself away. Elsewhere, quiet as eyelids closing, hawk wings fold. That hawk, a golden gold stalked by the dew. If suddenly, twenty years from now, I should find in that misty haze you. I don't know about you, but to me, this is a poem with the theme of love, lost love. Das apparently fell in love with one of his cousins, to whom a marriage would be unthinkable. When he did marry, I understand that that marriage was not so successful. And I wonder, when he wrote this poem, was he thinking of the woman he would have liked to have married? Next, I have a poem with a theme of old age and bravado, a poem which is apparently one of Britain's favourites. It's certainly one of mine. I aspire to be this woman. It's Jenny Joseph's Warning. 
When I am an old woman, I shall wear purple with a red hat which doesn't go and doesn't suit me. And I shall spend my pension on brandy and summer gloves and satin sandals and say we've no money for butter. I shall sit down on the pavement when I'm tired and gobble up samples in shops and press alarm bells and run my stick along the public railings and make up for the sobriety of my youth. I shall go out in my slippers in the rain and pick flowers in other people's gardens and learn to spit. You can wear terrible shirts and grow more fat and eat three pounds of sausages at a go or only bread and pickle for a week and hoard pens and pencils and beer mats and things in boxes. But now we must have clothes that keep us dry and pay our rent and not swear in the street and set a good example for the children. We must have friends to dinner and read the papers. But maybe I ought to practice a little now, so people who know me are not too shocked and surprised when suddenly I am old and start to wear purple. And I have a couple of haiku for you. Now, Honkadori, referring back to short poems such as haiku, is a little bit more tricky, but I've every confidence in you that you can do it. Here is one from Nick Virgilio on the theme of poverty, sadness, and possibly man's inhumanity to man. The blind musician, extending an old tin cup, collects a snowflake. The blind musician, extending an old tin cup, collects a snowflake. Nicholas A. Virgilio from Selected Haiku. Now, Virgilio has not named this blind musician, even though it's possible he knew it. I believe he wrote a lot about scenes and people in his neighbourhood. But he's given us this nameless musician, and in so doing, has shown society for what it is. Somewhat heartless, really. We tend to put up barriers between ourselves and things we don't want to be associated with, like poverty, the elderly, mental illness, in case somehow we become tainted by them. Evening seance. The medium's parlour smells of cabbage. Evening seance. The medium's parlour smells of cabbage. Patricia Neubauer. A haiku anthology. Now for me, the themes of this poem are death and decay. Neubauer has also used our visual and olfactory senses to engage us in this poem, hasn't she? You can't come away from this poem without the smell of cabbage in your nose, can you? Now, prose foundation pieces. I thought it would be interesting to give you a few examples from children's literature. After all, even if we've not read stories to children, we've been children ourselves. So I'm hoping you'll all be familiar with at least one of the options I'm giving you. Just to make sure, I sent out a mailing last week to ask what stories you had enjoyed as children or with your own children. And given that we're such a global bunch, I was surprised to find that there was a core group of favourites. So I've chosen a few of them. Winnie the Pooh, Little Red Riding Hood, and, not surprisingly, Annie 
Harry Potter book. I'm thinking that Little Red Riding Hood would be a great opportunity to write Horaku. And Harry Potter, what an opportunity for speculative work in the fantasy area. But as I said before, whatever you write, do give it a contemporary feel. So that's it for this week. Thank you for being with me today. I hope you're listening to this in time to be inspired for our January 2024 topic. But if not, check out our reading periods and prompts on our submissions pages. And I know you're going to be able to use these techniques for most of them and for your poetry submissions in general, whether you write short forms or something a little longer. Join me next week for reading and discussion on the topic of Zoka. We're going to hear who the judges, that's Janice Doppler, Ravi Kiran and M.R. Diffibor, decided to nominate for the judges' choice and find out why. And of course, there will be oodles of original poetry that you've written. So until then, take care and keep writing. And don't forget, there's a lot of info in the show notes. Do go along and read it. And of course, if there are any questions, you know where to get hold of me. Just email me. Ciao.